This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. With the pressure off, Pompey return to winning ways. He does put it straight in, and the header! Robertson kicked that one out. Pompey extend their lead after a good spell of pressure earlier on from Gillingham. It's Portsmouth 3, Gillingham 1. Clark Robertson sealed the victory on Saturday after a Ronan Curtis brace sent the Blues on their way. This evening we'll hear from Pompey's Irish winger. To finish the season now strong with no playoffs and nothing like that, so hopefully we can get two wins, give the fans something back that they deserve and push on for next season. As well as the post-match thoughts of Pompey head coach Danny Cowley. We created a lot of chances and probably if we were being critical, could and should have been a little bit more ruthless. Yesterday afternoon I caught up with Pompey directors Eric Eisner and Andy Redman at Fratton Park and next week on the uh, season review here on the Football we'll hear the extended interview with those two but tonight we'll hear a snippet of yesterday's chat. We're spending a lot of time with Danny and Nikki, trusting us that with the new style of play we're going to get the players that fit that new style of play more to their liking. That's all to come alongside Barry Clements and Adam Thomas Scout here with me this evening on a very jam-packed edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM A very good evening and welcome along to another instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM which is brought to you as ever this season by Stagecoach Across the South You can download the app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store where you can locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your ticket as well Well as I mentioned this evening I'm joined alongside Barry Clements and Adam Thomas Scarrett to review Pompey's 3-1 victory over Gillingham at the weekend and later on we're going to hear the post-match reaction of both Ronan Curtis and Blues head coach Danny Cowley we'll hear a snippet of that interview that I uh, conducted yesterday afternoon with Pompey directors Eric Eisner and Andy Redman at Fratton Park as mentioned that uh, that exclusive chat with the Pompey directors will be played extensively next week on the Football Hour following the official conclusion of Pompey's League One campaign but we'll hear part of that uh, tonight and a little later on in the show where we'll also start to preview the midweek visit of Wigan Athletic to Fratton Park. Pompey might not have anything to play for in League One anymore this season but there are some teams who do and the Blues have got a massive say on where quite a few teams can still finish in the league this season. We'll come on to that later and we'll also want to hear the uh, all before some reaction and predictions of the Pompey fans back home this evening all the usual ways 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. 
So we start off tonight's show as we always do here on the Football Hour by revisiting Pompey's latest action. They took on Gillingham at Fratton Park over the weekend, a side previously donned as the Blues bogey team. However, Danny Cowley was able to do a double over the Jills. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. So it's Portsmouth against Gillingham. It's League One football and we are seconds away from kickoff here with Pompey. Three matches left. It's the last Saturday three o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park this season. They're going to pass to the right-hand side. Here's Hardis who runs 15 yards up the field. Challenge comes in. Back heel. Here he is. Right the penalty. Oh, good football. And a right for this shot. It's in. Portsmouth score. It's Ronan Curtis. Inside the first three minutes. Lovely one-touch football. The football was moved across. It didn't leave the ground. In off the bar. There's Curtis. Pompey one. Gillingham nil. Here's Reeves inside the foot. Down the left to Tondo in line with the box. It's headed away from Braggett. Good play from him. Comes back out to the left window. Reeves crosses it in. Overcover players' heads and it's fallen into the back of the net. It's Jackson who equalises for Gillingham. Bottom corner. And all of a sudden it's all square in front of the away supporters. It's Portsmouth 1, Gillingham 1. Now they have it where they had it from that goal a few minutes ago. To Tonda, cut the side step, left to the penalty, it takes on morale. His ball doesn't leave the ground. They go for the shot, not once but twice. Reeves with the second shot after a keep try to pull the trigger. Pompey clear, comes back to the halfway line. Here's Hurst who tries to take it around Tucker. Still got it down that right hand corner of the penalty area. He's up towards the corner flag almost. He's right at the box here, Hurst. He's going to cut inside. He's going to shoot with the left foot. It's blocked. Like it with a cross though. Oh, and he misses it, Jackson. This could come to Curtis. And he finds the back of the net. He's done it again. There's his brace. He had loads of space to pull the trigger. And he found the space that was needed to find the bottom right-hand corner. Just before half-time, Portsmouth 2, Gillingham 1. Long ball laid up towards the striker though. Pompey get it away from Morel up towards the right the centre circle to Jacobs Hurst is onside here he's got two players to beat but he puts it through the legs of Tucker but Tucker makes a sliding challenge on the edge of the penalty area oh that's a mistake from Tatonda and now Carter's going to try and get in there challenge came in again though and it's cleared left footed out of play from Ema and now for a throw for Pompey on the right in line with the Gillingham penalty Mike just put it straight in he does put it straight in and the header towards Hurst Hurst brings it down Jacobs picks it up Jacobs hits the side netting half the ground thought it was in <laughs> for a goal kick here Dixon Peters gives it away one back from Lingy and now Hurst turns his man it's two against three Hurst has got Jacobs to his left or he might decide to go it all alone here he might shake to shoot he can't quite find the opportunity eventually he does have the shot with his right foot but the goalkeeper gets a touch to it and stops that from finding the back of the net and making it 4-1. Here's Carter. Carter might shoot here from 30 yards. He does shoot. It takes a deflection. Corner kick. Not far off there at all. Just whistles past the post. So Gillingham have it down the right. They're going to cut inside here. And they're going to go for the shot. Mazunu saves from Ben Thompson. Looking for a goal against his former club. He's not going to get it. And it's going to go out for a corner kick instead. And they have got the job done. Two goals from Curtis. One from Robertson. Pompey back to winning ways after Monday's draw against Morgan. Full time at Bram Park, Portsmouth 3, Gillingham 1. 
Every second of the action is right here. Pump you live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. So those there were the highlights of Saturday's 3-1 victory for Pompey over Gillingham, brought to you by Ian Wilding and former Blues uh, striker and manager Guy Whitcomb. Ian filling in for the uh, the legendary Andy Moon, who's currently enjoying his uh, honeymoon after he was married at the weekend. So we send Andy all of the best and we uh, wish him all of the best as well uh, as he heads into his marriage. Uh, congratulations to the happy couple. OK, let's take a look at some of the other, other results in League One and how that leads the standings as of this moment then. On Saturday, Accrington 2, Lincoln City 1, Charlton were 2-0 winners over Shrewsbury Bolton were 2-1 winners away at Cheltenham Town. Crew and Ipswich uh, both played out a one-all draw. Doncaster beat Burton Albion by two goals to nil. Fleetwood Town one, AFC Wimbledon one, MK Dons two, Morecambe nil. Rotherham United two, Oxford one, Sunderland five, Cambridge United one, Wigan Athletic one, Plymouth Argyle one, and Wickham Wanderers one, Sheffield Wednesday nil. So looking at the Skybet League One table after 44 and 40. 45 games for some sides. Wigan remain top on 89 points. Rotherham second on 86. MK Dons are in third on also 86 points, but they have played one game more than the two sides above them. Sunderland are fourth with 80 points. Plymouth fifth also with 80 and also with 80. Making up the final playoff position is Wickham Wanderers um, after 45 matches. Sheffield Wednesday just outside in seventh with 79 points, but with one game in hand. And Oxford are in eighth with 75. Uh, They are now officially out of the running. They are five points behind the top six with only one game remaining. Pompey remain ninth on 70 points, level on points with Bolton Wanderers in tenth. Although Pompey have played one game fewer. At the bottom, crew, of course, relegated. They are rooted to the foot of the table on 29 points. Doncaster are so close to relegation, but they're leaving it until the final day. That's, of course, if Fleetwood do not pick up a result tomorrow because Doncaster are three points off safety with just one game left to play. Wimbledon are in 22nd, third from bottom, also three points adrift of safety. Gillingham, 21st on 40 points, currently level on points with Fleetwood, who, as I say, have got that game in hand. There's uh, also some interesting results in some other divisions which will affect Pompey next season in the Championship. Peterborough United were uh, defeated by a goal to nail at home to Nottingham Forest, so they have been relegated to next season's League One lineup. And on Friday in the Championship's early kickoff, or the early weekend kickoff, shall I say, Barnsley travelled to Huddersfield Town, but they lost by two goals to one, so they're also relegated to League One. So the bottom three of the Championship will remain heading into the final few games of the season relegated down to League One for next season Derby County Peterborough and Barnsley so League Two as well there was one promotion this weekend Forest Green Rovers despite a goalless draw away at Bristol Rovers they've been promoted to League One for the first time in their history extra in second Northampton Town in third a very tight automatic promotion race in League Two involving Exeter Northampton Port Vale Bristol Rovers Mansfield and even Sutton United as well that one's going to go right down to the right down to the wire right that's enough from me because I'm starting to run out of breath a little bit I'm going to uh, introduce my two guests for this evening's show first First of all, Barry Clements, welcome back into the studio for the first time in a very long time. Jake, it's just so nice to see you again. It's been so long. Not many people say that. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Uh, also joining us uh, this evening is uh, Adam Thomas Scarrett. Adam, very good evening to yourself as well. Good evening, Jake. Good evening, Barry. 
Uh, I'll try and sort that uh, that noise out because that was a bit loud. But um, yeah, no, great to have you both on the show, Barry. A three-one win for Pompey on, on Saturday. We mentioned the implications, but it has for the Blues nothing because we've got nothing to play for at the moment. But did that result, did that performance go to emphasise that with the pressure off, it allowed the Blues to play with a little bit more freedom? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the pressure was off, as we've said. Um, it, it was a good professional performance. I think Cowley said it perfectly. I'm sure we're going to hear from him later on. But it was professional. It was fine. Ultimately, it didn't mean anything. So you've got to think, well, OK, is now the time to start giving minutes to the likes of Mingi and, and Dewitt White? Ultimately, only one of those got in the side at all on, on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, it, it was professional. It was fine. It was a good day out. Yeah. And even looking at Pompey's stats over the last few games, uh, Adam, although uh, one all draw with Morecambe on Easter Monday ended Pompey's chances officially of, of, of achieving a playoff position this season. We all, know, we all knew it was coming, but that's still four unbeaten for the Blues, Three victories and a draw within that time, and a total of ten points out of twelve uh, throughout that really busy schedule of fixtures. It's not actually a bad return when you take a step back and look at it. Yeah, I think since the January transfer window closed, it's been what thirty-two points, is it? From yeah, sixteen, seventeen odd matches. So uh, I think it just shows the, you know, on their day, the points that can be uh, delivered. Um, just looking at the, uh, the reflection of the season sort of uh, further back uh, unfortunately it's the downside of the, the days where we haven't been consistent and haven't delivered on the points and uh, I think there's a number of key matches as you look back through the fixtures this year where certainly uh, we would have and should have, uh, have pulled back more points and you know, who knows if we had done, you know, I think it was something like uh, 17 points we've dropped in a number of key matches as I've sort of looked back and uh, you know, that would have been the difference between uh, a playoff place or, or certainly even higher potentially if we got you know, some of those points out of those uh, key matches yeah. but you know it is what it is and I think it's a case of uh, I think it was a phrase isn't it that I think we probably all agree with uh, we've been uh, consistent with our inconsistency or streaky I think was another phrase yeah. wasn't it streaky like bacon Barry but um, if you take a look at Pompey's season uh, Adam mentions a very good stat there 32 points up, uh, picked up since the January transfer window there has been somewhat of a transformation since the January transfer window uh, and Pompey's form is relative of, of a side really would finish in a, in a top six position arguably a really poor start to the campaign despite three wins on the bounce at the very start um, has contributed to Pompey's downfall which is quite unfamiliar territory because it's usually the end of the season that Pompey normally mess it up Absolutely, yeah. I mean, since January, we've 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 been in decent form, um, form that you would hope would have been enough. But ultimately, it's a, it's across the season, isn't it? As Cookie always used to say, you know, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> the league table doesn't lie. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a frustration. Um, I think you could point to so many different things as to why we're not going up. You know, recruitment, injuries, COVID, whatever you like. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Now, now we need to focus on next season and making sure we are. In the championship next season. Yeah. So, 3 1 win for Pompey on Saturday over Gillingham. We'll come on to talk about that in a bit more detail in just a moment. However, Irish winger Ronan Curtis bagged a brace at the weekend as well as Clark Robertson's header to make it free for the Blues. And after the game, Max Watton caught up with Ronan Curtis to speak about the fact that Ronan had reached 50 goals for Pompey and Max asked how proud he was to achieve such a feat. Yeah, just glad um, to get the win. Uh, I didn't really know. Uh, that was my 50th um, obviously amazing feeling for myself for my family um, that was in the crowd um, my good luck charms to be fair but um, yeah over the moon really can you just talk us through both of your goals yeah no um, Gaffer's been on me to get uh, keep getting in the back stick keep, uh, keep getting in the box arriving late and uh, get in there so that's, that's where my two goals come from 
Yeah, that's three goals in your last three games. Do you feel like you're hitting some form at the moment? Yeah, like like I said, uh, having had the best of seasons um, previous, I've, I've, I've always had like 24, 25, 22 goal contributions. This year's only been 14, 15, um, so it hasn't been my best year. But um, yeah, it's a positive note, three and three in the last three games, and uh, hopefully I'll just keep on keep going after the last two games yeah how important is it to finish the season strongly oh massive Same, some, to, to finish the season now strong with no playoffs and nothing like that so hopefully we can get two wins give the fans something back that uh, they deserve and um, push on for next season how good was it to score at such a pivotal time do you think it changed the mood around the place uh, in the dressing room ahead of the uh, ahead of the break yeah 100% uh, we took an early lead I think it was fourth minute and then um, they equalised um, they were hard to break down they, they played a five at the back so it was, we just kept on shifting it keep getting it side to side and thankfully um, we got the second and then we got the third so yeah we've done really well Ronan Curtis speaking after Saturday's 3-1 win over Gillingham at Fratton Park then Adam Ronan a brace for him on Saturday we'll speak about the game first of all what a performance he put in He's on fire, isn't he? Uh, you know, can't can't knock that last couple of games. Um, one thing he uh, he always, uh, I think, generally delivers on is his passion. Um, perhaps some of his performances have probably summed up with Pompey's consistent, you know, being inconsistent at times. I think through the season, but it's it's great to see him knocking the goals. Uh, yeah, it's great to just see him sort of uh, firing up the crowd and um, mm. yeah, getting getting the three points on the board. Yeah, and and Ronan is uh, a confidence player. We speak about it all the time, Barry. But on on Saturday, like we mentioned, two goals really set him up uh, for what was a, a very decent performance decent performance overall anyway in a season which has been quite flat for Pompey going forward as a whole not just Roden but you know for, for the entire squad um, the defence has probably been the the best part of the team and, and the midfield as well Joe Morrell Louis Thompson has been uh, a very decent pairing a, a decent signing or you know, double, double signing for, for Danny Cowley in the summer but in terms of going forward it's been pretty flat uh, and Roden uh, admitting in that interview that it's not been his best season and he wants to push on next season and, and try to ensure that he gets back to his best yeah absolutely I mean who'd have thought Ronan Curtis is a left winger and he's best on the left wing but um, no you know he has he has come into form recently but he as he quite rightly said it's, it's not been his best season so you know you hope that that he can find his form more consistently next mm. season along with the whole side um, one thing he did mention there about saying that you know it's massive that we get these next two wins is it I'd almost rather Wigan won you know got promotion on Tuesday and those players that are there feel that hurt going into next season it's a very good point, Adam. Do you agree with that? Oh no, no. We want to win every game, don't we? We want to win every match. Um, I think you know we're at home. We want to uh, not not one over uh, former Pompey players, uh, Jack and, and Tom. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of respect for Liam Richardson. He's done good good season at Wigan. Shows what can be done. Um, but no, we want to win the game, and uh, certainly, you know, uh, I'm sure Danny Kelly and the players will want to go out at Fratton, uh, uh, you know, with with all three points. Yeah. And before we do go to the break, Adam uh, Barry mentioned as well about you know Ronan playing out of position for large periods of this season. We mentioned that it has been quite a season for him, but also you've got to fairly mention that it has been a season where Ronan has been playing on the right. He's been playing up top, and when he signed for the club, he was predominantly on the left hand side. So you've got to take that into account as well, and, and hopefully. You know, perhaps next season he can be played in his best position. We can start to see the best Ronan again. Yeah, I mean, the thing about football, of course, is you know you're always going to have a favourite position. Um, but but uh, you know, equally, you know, 
it's you're out there on the pitch you want to try and influence the game you want to get get get, get involved and uh, you just hope that whatever position he's playing or any player that for Matto is, is just uh, given 110% and uh, really just trying to sort of uh, take this club forward yeah okay Barry Adam we'll, bo- we'll come back to both of you in just a few moments time it is time for a very quick break here on the Footblower we'll come to some text tweets and emails coming in to us as well but when we do return we'll hear the post-match comments of Danny Cowley we've been speaking about Ronan Curtis and so does Danny I'm pleased for Ronan he's worked really hard for the team he's selfless in his performance always puts the team first and it's really good when uh, players that work hard for the team get their individual rewards as well more from the three of us and Danny Cowley coming up next this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Footblower of myself, Jake Smith, Barry Clements and Adam Thomas Garrett, where we'll be talking about Pompey's 3-1 victory over Gillingham at the weekend. We've already heard from Pompey winger Ronan Curtis after he reached 50 goals in blue and uh, helped with a brace on Saturday to get the three points. Later on, we'll hear from both Eric Eisner and Andy Redman. I caught up with both of them yesterday at Fratton Park and the full extent of that interview will be Played here on the Football Hour next week. We'll hear a small part of that a little later in tonight's show, as well as the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. The Football Hour, as ever, is brought to you this season by Stagecoach South, getting you across the South Coast and through Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. Head to stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services that they can provide to you. Uh, as always, Pompey fans back home, we are urging you to get involved with the conversation this evening. All the usual methods uh, can be found on our website expressfm.com Dave Byrne on the emails good evening to you Dave he's got in touch uh, this afternoon says thoroughly enjoyed the match on Saturday despite the opposition being relatively poor I thought the team showed the kind of control throughout the game that we need to see consistently and definitely more often against the better sides Everything went through Joe Morrell, who was excellent and looked the quality of player that we need throughout the side. I felt our pressing, movement and passing was better and there was some nice creative football played at times. There is definitely the nucleus of a good squad there. Raggett, Robertson, Ogilvy, Morrell, Thompson, Curtis, Harness, Hume, Jacobs, O'Brien and Hackett, plus the keepers as well. I would love to be able to add Carter and Hurst to that list. Perhaps this summer we can ensure that we don't miss out on players such as Scott Twine. His 16 goals would have been useful this season, and not to mention Dave. He is also named as the League One Player of the Season at the EFL Awards last night as well, just to rub salt in the wounds. And Dave finishes his email by saying, well done to Sean Raggett for his deserved Player of the Season award, and congratulations to Jack Watmore, who made the League One Team of the Season. George Hurst versus Jack Watmore will be an interesting contest tomorrow. Dave enlists on the emails plenty to pick through uh, within that email Barry and we'll come on to um, Sean Raggett who picked up the Portsmouth News Player of the Season award uh, at Fratton Park on Saturday after uh, a poll was run over the last couple of weeks and uh, Neil Allen uh, revealed that over 92% of the votes within that poll for Player of the Season uh, were attributed to both Sean Raggett and Gavin Bazunu combined and the other 7.5% to, to the other players in the squad Congratulations Congratulations to Sean Raggett. Certainly had a great season. Are you surprised that he's beaten Gavin Bazunu to that to that award? I am. I think Gavin's been 
Gavin's been absolutely unbelievable. I think for me, he was my player of the season, but that's not to take away from what Sean's achieved. He's, he's had such a good season, definitely his best in blue. Um, let's just hope the, the newest player of the season curse doesn't strike because obviously I think we'd all like to see Sean back here next season. Probably would have been a safer bet to go for Gavin based on the fact he's on loan. So yeah. look, he's, he's had a fantastic season and, and let's just hope that he wants to remain at Fran next season. Yeah. And just a word on Sean Raggett, Adam, just as, as we're mentioning there. Although personally, I might be a bit surprised that Gavin Bazzuni was not named player of the season you, you can't take it away from Sean Raggett as Barry uh, perfectly alludes to there he's had a fantastic season we mentioned it week in week out he's one of the most improved players in the squad and he will be integral to this team next season hopefully we can keep him that, ter- that curse doesn't continue yeah he's been a, he's been a brick at the back hasn't he um, I mean the, the defence overall this season I know there's been some matches we want to forget anyway but you know you know, certainly since the January transfer window closed you know you look at the uh, the clean sheets and and you know the, the the solid defensive. You know Carter. I mean, Christ, if we can get Carter next season alongside Robertson and Raggett, um, you know we're sort of really starting to sort of build those uh, a stronger defence next year. You know, bringing a couple of extra players. Obviously, with Romeo going back on loan, Hume coming back. And we haven't seen enough of him yet. There's probably maybe some Pompey fans jury still out, but to be fair, we haven't seen probably enough of him. So he certainly shows some potential. Um, then yeah, you know I think it's. Um, Building forwards from from the back, Bazuna. I mean, he's he's been he's been what a season. You know, he's 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 up for uh, you know greater things, isn't he? Um, and to have had the privilege of seeing him at Pompey for a season, I think um, is fantastic. Yeah. What kind of story does it paint to you, Barry, that the uh, the Ports of News Player of the Season? It, it is a prestigious award. It is, you know, the, the award of which the fans get to have their say. So it is a very clear indicator on who has been the Player of the Season, without a shadow of a doubt. But what kind of story does it paint to you that the last four seasons, that Player of the Season award has either gone to a goalkeeper or a defender? So Sean Raggett this season, and Craig McGillivray, Christian Burgess, and Matt Clark, the three previous winners of that of that award. That it, it, it paints quite a story, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I think a lot of that you can attribute to the style of football we had for, for the majority of those awards coming in. Um, and our quality going forward hasn't been great. I know there's been a lot of talk about the curse of the number nine shirt. Um, and, you know, we've we've not really had many strikers or attacking players that, that have been consistent enough to, to achieve that. So it's not really a surprise. But as I say, purely for me, based on the style of football that we had over the last few years, more so than necessarily the quality of player that we've got yeah important to keep Sean Raggett next season we've already mentioned that Adam we're not going to keep Gavin Bazunu that that goes without saying but George Hurst as as Barry mentions there there is a curse of a number nine shirt there's potential for for George to return to Fratton Park next season on loan from Leicester whether it is a loan or perhaps even a permanent deal uh, for, for Danny Cowley to sort out however would you like to see George Hurst retain the number, number 19 rather than uh, continue with that number nine curse yeah, I think he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? I think, again, probably myself, like many, when he first sort of uh, had his early outings, we were sort of a little bit unsure what have we got here. Um, but, you know, it just shows, doesn't it? <laughs> Football is a confidence game. You get a run of games and actually you, know, you can start to see, uh, you know, how, you know what, what he can deliver for Pompey and what he has delivered. I think coming back next season, I think uh, from what I've read, it might be difficult financially from a permanent move, but if there's a... <laughs> Uh, a loan deal again 
then I think certainly we should uh, be snapping him up. Yeah. Okay, guys, thank you for your comments so far. Thank you to everyone who's got in touch on the text tweets and emails as well. Certainly more to read out between now and 7 o'clock, just under half an hour if you haven't got in touch already. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express and be sure to put your name in there as well. At ExpressFM on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or you can email into Pompey at expressfm.com. Okay, we've heard plenty of the thoughts of both Barry and Adam as well as a few on social media as well. But what did Danny Cowley have to say after the game on Saturday? He caught up with Max Watton following the full-time whistle. Danny, three goals, three points. How pleased are you with that? Yeah, I think it was a really pleasing performance from us. I felt we had a good way into the game. It was a lovely cross from Marcus and a good goal from Ronan Curtis. And then, yeah, we played with a good rhythm and a good control. Got pegged back, kind of a goal from nowhere, really good goal, well worked goal from their point of view. Um, but then we were able to wrestle the momentum back and um, got an important goal at an important time just before ha- half time. And then uh, second half, yeah, I think there was a lot to like in the performance. Ronan Curtis with three goals in his last three games. He's really hitting some form now, isn't he? Yeah, good. I'm pleased for Ronan. He's, he's worked really hard for the team. He's selfless in his, his performance, always puts the team first, and it's, it's really good when uh, players that work hard for the, for the team get their get individual rewards as well. One of Ronan's goals was on the stroke of half-time. Did that change your half-time message? No, I don't think so because we try to stay process-orientated rather, rather than focusing on the outcome. Um, and there was a lot that we liked in our first half performance. I thought second half we come out and, yeah, I, I liked the speed of our play. I liked our positional discipline. I thought we were able to, to break lines and, and, and yeah, speed our attacking play up. And we created, created a lot of chances. And probably if we were being critical, could and should have been a little bit more ruthless. Clark Robertson with another goal. Is that something you wanted him to add to his game recently? Yeah, absolutely. I think always for the centre-halves to, to, to add uh, with set-piece goals is important. And we've actually, in the second half of the season, scored, scored, scored a lot of set-piece goals, which has been, which has been good. Um, and, you know, for us, this group off the back of January, I think 32 points in the last 16 games here. In the last nine games, we've won seven and drawn two. So, you know, we're, we're in a confident place as a group I think we're a team and a club that is growing and improving and you know we're looking to finish the season in a, in a strong way Can you provide updates on the two players that came off injured is it just a case of the amount of games we've been playing taking its toll Yeah we, you know for us we're, we're hoping that they're not, not too bad uh, kind of took them off for precautionary reasons um, and yeah we'll just have to wait to see how they, they, they settle in the, in the next 24 hours and back here on Tuesday, how much are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, well, it's a great game, a really important game in terms of the league. Um, I was really proud of our players today because when you're playing against a team like Julian, I mean, Neil Harris has done an amazing job here. They were cast adrift when he took over, took over. For them to find themselves outside of the relegation zone going into this game is testament to, to him and the players and, and the way they've performed in, in recent weeks. And we knew that we would have to match them in terms of their desire and their work ethic. And like I said, yeah, I was pleased with the application. And then I was pleased with the way that we performed, both in terms of decision making and our execution. Danny Cowley there speaking following the full-time whistle on Saturday. You can tell uh, much happier in that interview, Adam, uh, as opposed to, of course, the post-match after the one-all draw at Morecambe a, a few days prior. Of course, a sucker punch in the 93rd minute, Jonah Ayunga, to make that game uh, level pegging. 
however, within that interview, Adam, Danny mentions that he wanted Pompey to be a bit more ruthless, despite the fact we got the three goals and the win on Saturday. Is that the kind of mentality you want to see from a gaffer going into next season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were more goals uh, to be had, wasn't there, against Gillingham? Gillingham were very poor, weren't they, to be fair? Um, second half, they sort of, geez, you know, they were almost just staring relegation uh, in the face, it, it felt like at times. Um, but yeah, back, back to us, I think, yeah, in, going into the next season, I think it's very much about, you know, finishing the season on a high, um, win Wigan, win at Sheffield Wednesday. What an amazing away day that will be, hopefully, regardless of the result, but we want to win. Uh, and then, yeah, looking forward to next season. Eight weeks today, the uh, the players go back for training, and uh, eight weeks Thursday, the fixtures are out. So, you know, um, it, you know time waits for no man. Yeah. Or woman, for that matter. <laughs> the 10th of June is the official uh, opening of the transfer window, uh, which uh, concludes on the 1st of September at 11 pm for English football clubs to get their deals over the line, Barry. And really going off of what, what Adam's just mentioned there eight weeks until the players come back into trading not long until we find out the fixtures for next season as well next season does start a week or two earlier than normal at the last weekend of July part of that is down to the World Cup as well how important is it for Pompey to I want to say learn from their mistakes of previous seasons to try and get their deals done as quickly as possible try to set the benchmark for their what we hope to be promotion rivals next season get these deals over the line as quickly as possible so we've got a settled squad going into pre-season and to start the campaign hopefully with with, with no more additions needed Oh, it's absolutely vital. I mean, you know, you look at the the quality of of team that are coming down from the championship and and what we're going to have up against us next season. It's crucial that we get that squad assembled as quickly as possible, um, so that they can settle down for the for the start of the season and be ready and raring to go. Because otherwise, we're going to find ourselves out of the running very very early on. Because these these clubs that are coming down, you know, your Derby County, your Peterboroughs, they're not going to wait around, um, and we need to make sure that we are ready. We were talking earlier about. Uh, Gagliardi leaving the role and it not being replaced so you need to hope that Cullen and Cowley are ready and raring to go with their with their transfers yeah and uh, again we, we mentioned about how I spoke to Eric and uh, Andy Redman at the Fra- Fratton Park yesterday Adam but uh, also a lot of the local press Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News reporting last night that, um, that Eric and Andy are trying to get this replacement for the head of football operations done whilst they are still in the country which you know they're, they're due to fly out at the end of next week so hopefully that can get over the line whether it's officially announced or not hopefully we can get that deal settled as well before the, potentially the end of this season the start of next season you want to get that hopefully in the next couple of weeks don't you so that yeah. uh, new appointment can then come in uh, work with Danny Nicky uh, and, and, and the team and yeah just start really forward planning um, and, and get, getting on it basically yeah. Uh, let's read a couple of text tweets and emails then before we head into our second and final break of the night. Lee Davies says, Ronan is a great player. Could lose his head a lot, but when he performs, he definitely helps the team. It'd be nice to see what more Naylor and Liam Richardson celebrate promotion, but we want to end our last home game of the season on a high play at Pompey. Lee Davies on Twitter. Thank you for getting in touch. Harry Wood, a 3-1 home victory against Gillingham. Curtis with a brace and Robertson with his second goal of the season. Disappointed we couldn't keep a clean sheet, but a win is a win. Thank you, Harry, for getting in touch um, Carl also on Twitter so happy for Curtis and how well he played especially with what he's had to deal with off the pitch as well a lot of respect uh, to him thank you Carl also for getting in touch a nice nice touch at the end of that tweet as well uh, also want to mention as well Clark Robson we haven't spoken too much about him on the show yet this evening uh, Barry 
a second goal for him of the season for Pompey he only got his first a couple of weeks ago so he's he's on hot form in front of goal isn't he um, Clark Robertson that was also his 300th career appearance um, overall so a fantastic achievement for him and again we talk about the likes of Sean Raggett uh, George Hurst hopefully will be an integral part of his team next season as indeed will Clark Robertson. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought, you know, those first three games where we where we started really, really well, I thought Clark was integral to that. You know, the, his, his 40, 50 hour passes were, were incredible. So um, I think he's just really unfortunate with that injury. And if he, if he can have an injury-free season next season, then I think he'll be absolutely crucial to the club as skipper as well. You would assume he'd, he'd keep the armband. Yeah. Okay, then it is time for our second and final break of the evening, Pompey fans. If you haven't got in touch so far... You've got just over 20 minutes to do so. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. Tonight we want to hear your score predictions for tomorrow's clash between Pompey and Wigan Athletic at Fratton Park. We also want to know your shouts for player of the season. It's likely to be either Sean Raggett or Gavin Bazunu, but let us know nonetheless. When we return, we'll hear a bit more about tomorrow's opponents Wigan uh, with this week's opposition we'll come on to preview that game in a bit more detail as well and we'll also hear a snippet of my interview with both both Eric Eisner and Andy Redman at Fratton Park yesterday. Infrastructure has shown the most improvement over the last 12 or 24 months there's no way to debate that however we spend tons of time on the players with the manager with the CEO and you know we believe we fielded a competitive squad this season more from Andy Redman, Eric Eisner, myself, Barry Adam, and more from the text tweets and emails coming up on the third and final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour on 93.7 Express FM, the third and final part of tonight's show, which is brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download the app right now from the Apple app or Google Play Store, where you can take a look at the uh, updated timetables, route uh, updates as well, as well as the latest fare prices too. You can also locate your nearest stop and prepay for your journey. Before the break, I played a little tease of the interview between myself, Eric Eisner and Andy Redman that took place at Fratton Park yesterday afternoon. I've already mentioned it on the show this evening. The full extent of that interview is around about 17 minutes long. It will be played next week here on the Football Hour, where we, we, we will be extensively reviewing Pompey's 2021 20 to season. However, with it fresh in my mind, let's hear a couple of minutes of that interview with the three of us. And I first asked about the infrastructure and how it comes across to fans as perhaps a priority. But what message would Eric and Andy give to supporters to reassure that Pompey will be competitive next season? I think for sure we're going to field a competitive squad. I think uh, the fact that we're over right now is a big thing. We're spending a lot of time with Danny and Nikki. Uh, we have plans to hire a head of football operations, which won't really affect right now because the hire won't be in place for summer planning. Um, that said, trusting us that with the new style of play, we're going to get the players that fit that new style of play more to their liking. Uh, once season more long in the development of the players that they liked with that style of play, uh, and all of a sudden you're getting better and better. Yeah, the one thing, let me just add there, the way you asked the question was, it seems like infrastructure is the priority. That is not true. Infrastructure has shown the most improvement over the last 12 or 24 months. There's no way to debate that. However, 
we spend tons of time on the players, with the manager, with the CEO, and, you know, we believe we fielded a competitive squad this season. Obviously, the results are, you know, not acceptable in that sense, right? We, we not only did not achieve automatic promotion, we didn't make the playoffs. So there's no question to say that, you know, we're, we are disappointed not to have been more competitive because the season is now gone. So I, I think that is true. Um, I think the point about the infrastructure is uh, you see more of the progress because logically the way you do this work when you're in our shoes is there's a large amount that goes into planning. And one of the things you realize as you do the planning is it's quite efficient if you can line up a number of projects, sort of one, then the next, and the next. So when we did the work in the upper and lower north, it is thoughtful to already have the plan for the Milton stand because while the two won't link in the sense that away and home supporters are going to sit together, there are parts of those stands that will link, for example, an elevator that will take someone who's in a wheelchair up to a level that they can get into the Milton stand or they can get into the North stand. So some of that, it maybe it looks like it's only our focus now. It's really work that's been in process for almost five years now. And we're just at a point that a lot of the project part of it actually happens. And so, you know, I, I, I guess I just don't want people to think that overwhelmingly our focus is the infrastructure. Certainly relative to other uh, owners, we are very focused on getting Pompey the right infrastructure. And I understand, you know, for 30 years here, you had owners who, if they ever talked about it, they never followed up on it. So it wasn't really the same where when we talk about it, we do actually follow up on it. So so I guess it, it, it is different in terms of the things that we talked about. We are following up on there. But it's not that all of a sudden in particular, 12 months ago, we spent all our time thinking about infrastructure and then all these things were built. Um, it's, it's sort of just happenstance. And, you know, I wish this season was the season we finished top of the table and were promoted also. The full extent of that interview with myself, Eric Eisner, and Andy Redman coming up on the Football Hour next week. Um, Adam, refreshing to hear somewhat maybe that the full priority is not indeed the infrastructure of a club. Andy Redman there really emphasising that you know promotion out of this division has been a target of theirs for the last four or five seasons. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great to hear from from Eric and Andy, obviously through the various uh, channels, that, you know, interviews that they've done over the last couple of days. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, there's no there's no guarantees as we move forward, but I think fans are all eager um, to hear from them directly. Um, but you know, actions obviously around that delivery on and off the pitch um, will be integral over the sort of the, the coming period. Yeah, and I asked the question, Barry, because there has been reports over the last couple of weeks for next season we've got to brace ourselves that Pompey will potentially have a mid-table budget. Hence the question of is the infrastructure more of a priority? Now you can understand, you know, the owners wanting Pompey to be a sustainable club. We don't want to be a yo-yo team if we go up to the championship and not ready both on and off the pitch we're going to come straight back down it's just going to be another rebuild process that's absolutely fine 
But when you head into a sixth season of League One, if the reports are to be true that it is a mid-table budget, potentially not, as a, as a supporter, you just want a little bit more success on the pitch because if you don't get the success on the pitch, you're not going to get the people that fill the stands that they're trying to build in the first place. Absolutely. It's, it's such a difficult balance, isn't it? Particularly with Portsmouth to get the to get the balance right between infrastructure and on the pitch. I hope that you know it is going to be more than a mid-table budget. Um, listening to Andy there and Eric there, I would hope that it certainly, to me, sounds like it's not going to be a mid-table yeah. budget. Um, if that is the case, I can see a lot of people being, you know, very, very unhappy with it because a club of our size needs to be in the championship as, as soon as possible, really. And, you know, six seasons in League One is more than enough. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Thomas on Twitter, uh, for all those who have had a whinge about investment in the playing squad, have a look at Ipswich and Plymouth. Spending money does not guarantee success. Sensible recruitment and a consistent approach will always outperform a team who throw money about carelessly. Of course, I want us to spend a bit more. Of course, I want to identify a couple of transfer targets and do what it takes to get them. But please don't tell me spending money will get us out of this league. And that is a very, very good point, Adam. It's not just Ipswich who, you know, last season have thrown money at it. Sunderland, you know, the four million they spent on Will Grigg or the near four million they spent on Will Grigg was a great example of that. They're still in this division. They're still finding it very difficult to get out of the league. You've seen over the years, the likes of Burton Albion, Yeovil, um, MK Dons don't have the biggest budget and they're fighting for the automatics at the moment. Wigan have not long come out of, of administration. They've only just kind of got back onto their feet, albeit a, a, a takeover from a completely different group. The, the point being, you, you don't need to throw money at it. Yeah, no, totally agree. And uh, I was watching at the weekend the Blackpool Luton match. I don't know what their budgets are, but, um, you know, both in the Championship, you know, Calnang Smith uh, doing so well and Sonny Bradley at, at Luton Town on the verge of the Premier League. Obviously, they've got to get through the playoffs, but who knows? Uh, and, and Blackpool comfortably was at 16th or so. Uh, you know, these are two clubs that Pompey are playing uh, in recent years in League One. So it just shows that actually, once you get your foot up into the Championship, um, obviously with the increased revenue, um, uh, you know, you can, you know, how you can stay in. And I know there's you know, comments at the weekend about yo-yo, and that's obviously what we don't want to do. But to be honest, yo-yo in rather than sort of staying in, mm. you know, Div Three for another season. Um, it was, you know, at least we got some successes to, look, yeah. to you know, to, to, to look forward to. Hopefully. It goes to show uh, as well, Barry, you know, what, what Adam's mentioned in there. You know, he, he'd perhaps prefer to be a yo-yo club and have that success. And it just goes to show that football is, is a game of opinions. You can't you can't please everyone. You know, the, the owners are trying to look at this approach as we want to be sustainable, we want to be sensible about, uh, sensible about the situation, something Pompey haven't enjoyed over the last couple of, or last couple of decades with, with, with previous owners. And that, that's a fair point. But... There is, as you mentioned, trying to find that balance between wanting to be successful successful on the pitch but also sustainable off it. Absolutely. If you try and please everyone, you'll end up pleasing no one. Um, so, I'm I'm very very pleased that they've got a model that they are that they are sticking to, and it is it is a model that's going to make sure that we have a future of Portsmouth Football Club. You know, you can see there are improvements around Fratton Park, and that's great. Um, but yeah, look, we need to we need to get out of this division. But as um, I forget the name of the the guy that texted in, but. Um, it's it's about sensible recruitment. It isn't about chucking money at it. It's making sure that we get the right signings and the right players in um, with, within our means. And, and our means in this division are are, are good. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're, that, we, that we're exercising those as good as possible. It, it concerns me that this head of football operations isn't going to be involved in the summer planning um, because obviously everyone's spoken. Um, you know, Danny, Andrew, Eric and Andy have all spoken about 
the importance of that role, it worries me that they're not going to be in place for this summer. Yeah. And uh, it was Thomas who sent the tweet in regarding, yeah, not throwing money at it. Uh, Greg on Twitter, finally, for club as a Category 3 academy, what time span do you think a Category, category 2 and 1 would be deliverable by? I've heard people mention at least five years, etc. not taking into consideration any ground purchase and indoor facilities being planned and installed. Well, Greg, that is a, a further question I did bring up with Eric and Andy. And like I say, you can hear the full extent of that interview here on the Football Hour next week. I will be confirming a date and a time uh, for that in due course on social media. OK, time really is escaping us here on the Football Hour and we've got a little game to preview tomorrow night. Pompey are out of the running for a top six finish but Wigan Athletic have got a lot to do to ensure they gain promotion to the Championship. Pompey hosts them at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon and here's a closer look at the opposition that is going to be lying ahead for the Blues. The Blues got back to winning ways with a 3-1 victory over Gillingham on Saturday. Their season may be over as far as promotion is concerned, but they still have a chance to end the campaign on a high. Just two matches remain, starting with the final home game of the season against Wigan Athletic. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Ronan Curtis was at the double on Saturday with captain Clark Robertson stepping up to seal the three points, but Pompey's next challenge will arguably be their most difficult. The Latics go into the midweek meeting at PO4 knowing a point will seal promotion to the championship and they could even win the title too, depending on how Rotherham get on elsewhere. Let's take a nose into the side which has gone from narrowly avoiding relegation to likely title winners in the space of just 12 months. Manager. Former Blues assistant manager Liam Richardson sits on the helm at the DW Stadium. The 42-year-old was appointed as caretaker manager of Wigan Athletic in November 2020 following John Sheridan's early departure after just 15 games in charge of the club, which had endured financial worries heading into that season. Richardson had followed Paul Cook to Wigan following his departure from Fratton Park at the end of the 2016-17 season, standing as his right-hand man until he resigned in July 2020, with the Latics having just been relegated to the third tier despite finishing mid-table as per a points deduction from the EFL for entering administration. Former Accrington defender Richardson was named as the permanent manager of Wigan in April 2021, after the club was taken over by the Phoenix 2021 group. Overall in charge at the DW, he has overseen 43 wins from 95 competitive games. One to watch. Our chosen one to watch this time around is Wigan's number 19, Callum Lang, who scored against Pompey in this season's reverse fixture at the DW Stadium back in August. That was the only goal of the game, which ended 1-0 in in favour of the Latics. The 23-year-old is Wigan's second-highest scorer in the league this season, with 14 goals and 7 assists next to his name on the rankings. Lang is one of Wigan's successful youth products, turning pro in 2017, since scoring 23 league goals from 63 appearances, as well as enjoying time out on loan with Morecambe, Oldham Athletic, Shrewsbury Town and Motherwell in Scotland. He has started each of Wigan's last seven league matches, scoring a brace in a 3-1 win over Lincoln City on April the 9th. Those were his most recent strikes and he's since gone four games without a goal. Top scorer. 29-year-old striker Will Keane is currently the club's leading scorer in League One, having found the back of the net on 23 occasions from 42 appearances. The Irishman is just one goal behind the division's leading talisman Ross Stewart from Sunderland. He's top with 24. With assists added in, Keane has contributed to 38% of Wigan's league goals this term. 
This is the forward's second spell at the club, having previously spent half a season on loan from Manchester United in 2013, failing to bag in any of his four appearances. He rejoined the Latics in October 2020, having left Ipswich as a free agent just a few months prior. Current form. Although Wigan are top of the pile with just two games left to play, and a point at Fratton Park will confirm their promotion back into the Championship, Liam Richardson's side have stumbled a bit as of late, and they're not making life easy for themselves. The Latics haven't won any of their last four league games, drawing in three and losing the other. That a 2-1 defeat at home to Cambridge United on April 16th. Their last victory was by a 3-1 scoreline over Lincoln City at Stinsel Bank on the 9th. Nonetheless, they've had the points cushion to fall upon should such a barren run had occurred, and they remain leaders of League One with 89 points. Three ahead of MK Dons in third, and with this game against Pompey, their game in hand, heading into Saturday's finale. Rotherham are away at Sunderland during this game too. So if Wigan win and the Millers only succumb to a draw at the Stadium of Light, then Wigan will also be crowned champions, as would also be the case if the Latics draw and Rotherham lose. So can the Blues rain on Wigan's parade and delay the promotion party for another week? Or will Jack Watmore and Tom Naylor be celebrating success back on the stage they left at the start of the season? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer look there with pre-recorded me uh, about tomorrow's opponents, Wigan Athletic. OK, not long to get the score predictions for final thoughts of both Barry and Adam. Uh, Barry, Pompey taking on Wigan tomorrow, a potential to stop the promotion party at least for a few more days. A score prediction from yourself and what this game means. Yeah, let's hope we spoil it. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Pompey as a score prediction and it's going to be a Tom Naylor own goal because as we all know, he's a winter player. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, thank you very much. Adam, yourself, same question. 2-1 Pompey, Curtis and Raggett. Up the blues. Up the blues, indeed. Uh, thank you to both Barry and Adam. We'll come on to f- say thank you to both of them uh, properly in just a few moments' time. Thank you also to Stagecoach Across for Self for supporting another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. So, two games remain for Pompey this season. Nothing to play for, but certainly wanting to end the campaign on a high. Currently four unbeaten, three wins and a draw within that time frame. Two remaining, one at home and one away. Tomorrow's game between Pompey and Wigan Athletic at Fratton Park. Join us here for a 7.45 kickoff from 7. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey continued their good home form with a 3-1 win at home to Gillingham on Saturday. And they have got the job done. Pompey back to winning ways after Monday's draw against Morgan. Portsmouth 3, Gillingham 1. Two games remain for the Blues and their final home game of the season sees them take on Wigan Athletic. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. It's Pompey versus Wigan on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. We look forward to welcoming you to another episode of Pompey Live here, the second to last, the penultimate show of the season as Pompey take on Wigan Athletic at Fratton Park, hoping to spoil the promotion party for a few days at least. So, of course, a win for Wigan will see them promoted to the Championship and they could even secure the title at PO4 as well. OK, thank you once again to Barry Clements for joining me on the show. Barry, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Always good to see you, Jake. As well as Adam Thomas Scarrett. Adam, thank you very much for coming into the studio. It's been great to see you great to hear from you cheers Jake my pleasure okay we'll hear from both of them I'm sure very soon although like I say not not much of a season remaining so it may even be next season um, okay three fixtures in League One coming up tomorrow afternoon then Fleetwood take on Sheffield Wednesday Sunderland at home to Rotherham United and of course Pompey take on Wigan Athletic at Fratton Park all of those 7.45 kickoffs it is of course the Champions League 
semi-final week as well as the Europa League semi-finals and the Europa UEFA Europa Conference League semi-finals as well. Coming up here on Express after the news at seven, the soft rock show with Jeff and Aid, but before that AT show with Kevin Stokes from nine through until eleven, which is when the Express wind down takes you through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Thank you once again for all of the Pompey fans listening. I'll be back on Friday with a preview of Pompey's trip to Sheffield Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Take care and have a great week. Play at Pompey and good night.